24 hours I have been dealing with people who hate me because I was going to have Chris Guy on the show and I was like you know what that's fine it's part for the course I'll take it doesn't matter and then at one minute to nine let me actually go get the tech because I think it's worth showing you guys the ridiculousness that is Chris Guy so here I am setting up the show waiting for him to come on and we get this text exchange. I'm going to turn this off because I don't really care. Okay, so he's like, sorry, just not in the mood to talk to anyone right now. Note note the time, 8.59. <laughs> the show starts at 9. So I'm like, one minute before we go live? Dude. He's like, I was, sleep I was sleeping and just woke up. Sorry, not tonight. I'm like, 9.30? It's not a time thing. Just not in the mood to talk to anybody. And I'm like, can you push through so we don't have dead air? Bro, I'm not in the mood to talk to anybody right now. And then I just kind of kept going. I, I uh, what did I say? Uh, 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 he's like, bro, I'm not in the mood to talk to anybody right now. I'm like, right, okay, thanks for the one-minute warning. And he's like, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome had five typos. <laughs> and I'm not really, really want to talk. Texting, uh, texting, texting with uh, Ashley. And... Uh, I typoed the word O, O-H, and then I typoed the word A. I wrote Z <laughs> instead. So, being that, you know, I didn't want to, like, not have a doubleheader, and being that Chris Guy is just one of those dudes where content seems to, you know, flow out of his ridiculousness, I have decided I just had to change the title. I had Blackballed Welcomes Chris Guy to the show, now I have Blackballed Welcomes people who hate is now having issues either freezing oh no there i am i'm good so here to help us hate chris guy and i just i'm using that term i guess literally now i am see i hate him more for canceling than i did for any of the shit he did before that i just find it really offensive when people cancel one minute before the show because they because they still got they got boo in their eyes and they're sleepy like it just doesn't make any sense um but here to help us um you know Dismantle Chris Guy's soul and character. Not that it needs much help. From the Eager Beaver Podcast, Paul Atkinson. Paul, how you doing, buddy? I'm uh, I'm pretty good. Yourself, brother? I'm all right. I'm a little annoyed. You know. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you go when when you have a guy like Chris Guy that's supposed to be on your show. You go and he cancels one minute before the show. You're like angry, and then almost relieved. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a double-edged sword, right? It's kind like, of, like I, I didn't think the interview was going to go bad. I, I mean, listen, I, there was there was some pushback that I had today from people that I know and like. And, I saw. And there's, you know, and, and some people that, that push back, I don't like, so I don't really care what they say. Um, but, th 
you know, it, it was one of those things where it was like I, I had to do it um, because that's who I am. Right. That, that's, right. Yeah. I, I, I like to I'll talk to anybody. Um, hopefully I give them enough rope or, or whatever. Hopefully I handle it so that I look professional and they look like the idiot that they are. Um, but there was, you know, the, the Holocaust denying aspect of this person struck a nerve with with a couple people that I know and love very much. And um, there was actually a moment today where I said to one person, if this hurts you as much as I feel like 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 it, it feels like it might, I will cancel the show. I, I won't do the show because I don't want you to think that I'm trying to hurt you because I'm right. Not. Right. And to this person's credit, they were like, no, do the show, because if he doesn't do your show, he's going to do another show. And that person's going to hand him one softball after another. So I was like, OK, um, you wouldn't have him on your show, though, right? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I really, I, I, I don't think so because you got to remember our show is a, is a tag team duo collaborative and, uh, I, I, I tend to run a little hot under the collar. Whereas my, my partner, my collaborative brother in, in, in arms is, uh, capable of remaining calm in the middle of a storm where as I would probably become a raging a-hole and I'm not ashamed of that. It's it's part of who I am. I'm passionate, and and that's when how I we got, that, that's how we got to know you. Well, yeah, yeah. It, like literally, no word of lie. It's how you got to know me. Now, would I would I uh, would I rant and rave? Yeah, probably I would. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, probably. Um, but I'd, I'd you know what? I think I would. If if he was to be a guest on our show, I think I would probably sit back a little bit and uh, let. Mr. Beaver, Douglas, take take it, take the reins of it, right? Because uh, he could steer the show, and I would jump in and rage every now and then. Yeah. Um. Well, listen, I don't know how much time this person has, so we're gonna just really jump right in. And Spenny, Spenny, how are you, buddy? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. I don't know if you heard any of that stuff at the beginning. Um, no, I just uh, sorry, I was watching the hockey game. So. I, I was saying, I, I'm just going to say it because I don't think you would mind, but I was saying that there was one or two people that I spoke with today that I, that I really care about and that, that, were, that were wondering whether or not this show was a good idea. You were one of them, but to your credit, at the end of our conversation, you were like, because I asked you to come on at the end of the show and, and, and you were like, no, nah, I don't think I... No, I, I, can I, I just stop you there? I, please, I, yeah. I, I, I had no problem with you having him on. I just didn't want to be on. But okay. that was all it was. Uh, you know, Dean, God bless him, um, I should, I, as I told you on the phone, I should have called you, but I, for some reason I called Dean. I first, I just asked him if he'd ever had this guy on. And anyways, uh, anyways, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. And, and we were just talking about how, like, this was the first time and it was actually my conversation with you. Even when I got at the phone, like I knew that you, I had your blessing. I asked for your blessing because the Holocaust denial thing I didn't know about until today. I don't know how that, I don't know how I missed that. But, you know, it's not like I do curse guy deep dives. But I only, I only yeah. found out about it because someone made a comment on your. Uh, yeah, that's how like, I found it. I, I didn't know I, either. I didn't know. And, and so, I, you know, and I don't like the term platforming, so I don't really like that. But, you I know, sometimes I have to make maybe you didn't feel like this, but I know other people did. Sometimes maybe I should like put myself in the position, even though I don't necessarily believe I, I would change my mind. Like I would interview. um Kim Jong Il, you mm -hmm. know, 
because and even he's a mass murderer. Okay, so he's clearly a worse person than Chris Sky, and I would interview him. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. No, I. Hey, man. First of all, this is what you do. It's not what I do. So I'm supposed to be a comedian, and uh, you know this particular thing, which we can get into, why it upsets me so much. It's it's pretty obvious to me. Mm-hmm. I absolutely have no problem with you doing it. In fact, uh, uh, you know, back in the day when Geraldo used to have on the uh, the neo Nazis and the KKK, I, I had a lot of people uh, saying that it was a bad thing, and I thought it was great to you know let them go on and hang themselves or you know whatever they do. Uh, no, no, I, I, I it's, it got a bit confused. I never should have involved Dean with it. I didn't uh, think properly, but I have such a, a visceral reaction to Holocaust denial in particular. Uh, you know, vaccines couldn't give a shit. I mean, there's so much bullshit out there. Uh, it, it just, I know that I would, I would actually have, if I was face to face with them on this show, if you can be face to face on a, on a podcast, uh, I'd lose it. I'd fucking yeah. lose it. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be entertaining. It would just be sad and pathetic. I get it, brother. I, I would be right there by your side, screaming in his fucking horse face about how much of a human pile of garbage he is. Now, I, w- I, I wouldn't hold back. One sec, Paulie. First of all, it says, I have no idea. You could have asked him if he was on and if he was a Holocaust denier, maybe he'd say, oh, I was, but no, I'm not anymore. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Uh, so, uh, you know, whatever, it seems like everything I read is bullshit on, on, online. So I don't even know if that's true. Uh, and I was going to tune in to see, uh, what he said or watch the, you know, the recorded version another time. But anyways. Yeah. Um, one of the comments that he made, this is from eight years ago, I guess. Um, over 30 million people were killed in world war two. Some of them were Jewish. Some of them. Fuck. It's like 20% of them, but okay. Um, most of them were Catholic. I don't know about that. Nice try. Six million Jews murdered is the biggest lie ever created in the history of fake Jew history. They used six million number to support their own biblical prophecy. There were barely 11 million Jews in the entire world at the time. It's pretty pathetic to try and say Hitler got half of them. I, I, I look at a comment like that and I'm just like, what? What? You can yeah. quip about, you know, the amounts, but, you know, the reality is the, the Nazis documented everything they yeah. did. Brilliantly. Like, like they, yeah, all they of it. Film, you know, it, and there's got to be something behind it because it's just such a, you know, it's the Jews have been persecuted and have been scapegoated uh, throughout history. This is no different. Mm hmm. This you know, is so you know, different. Who I cares think, if it was two million or one million? What's the difference? Uh, I've was, seen a, I've seen Iranian cartoon propaganda things about how, um, oh the 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 the, uh, the gas chambers weren't big enough to kill six million Jews over a period of the, and all that kind of stuff. And so this stuff is new to me. Like listening to people oh. like talk about that that stuff. Burnt Sunday. You know what I think like gets people like makes people um, confused and and probably susceptible to believing really ridiculous shit is that I think if you were going to take a demographic, if you're going to take a people who who have been oppressed like like um, like black people and Jews and um, and indigenous and all this kind of stuff, I guess Jewish people have this weird juxtaposition of being not only really oppressed, but also really 
um, educated and successful. And there's not very many groups that can say that they hold both of those things at the same time. <laughs> that's because that's because uh, Jews are invisible. That was yeah. a big problem Hitler had, uh, was identifying who was Jewish uh, uh, amongst. So the SS had this, I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, ways to decipher who was Jewish and who wasn't Jewish because uh, the physical, physical features thing was a bit, uh, you know, a misnomer and not not necessarily true. And they and the Nazis knew that, you know, <laughs> just why is he even, you know, you know, it's it, it, these are people with these age old grievances. You know, Jews have been successful for one reason only. They have a, they, we care about education, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? and that's uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. It, it's yeah. quite remarkable. And and by the way, uh, we're invisible. Right. And that, so, you know, it's easier for us to blend blend in. Um, but anyways, you can anybody can talk about anything they want. James, uh, I, I was looking forward to seeing what you were going to say to him and how he'd react to it. Yeah, me too. But um, now I, now I'm, now I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> what happened? We'll just, I don't know. I'm we'll sorry. Opening quickly. Tell me what happened. He just canceled. Yeah. You look at look at the time code. I'm sorry. I'm just not in the mood to talk to anybody right now. Eight fifty nine. One minute. <laughs> like fuck me, like, really? On, and and I hope his number up there. Oh, it's not up there. Okay. Anyways, I, I don't want to. Uh, I, I'm not going to. Doesn't he have some court? I was reading uh, 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 Karima's uh, commentary on his trial. Isn't that going on now? Yeah, it's like day five, I think, or something. And I don't she's know what saying happened. he's going to get off, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's nervous about that. I, I don't know the guy at all, really, to be honest with you. Uh, no, uh, neither do I. I just want to get back to something though, because I remember after nine eleven happened. So, so I was raised Catholic. My first like, um, in person kind of cringy moment of anti semitism was when a nun came into our classroom. And I asked, where do non-Catholics go when they die? And she used Jewish people as an example and said, quote unquote, oh, like the Jews to hell. <laughs> Jews yeah. go to hell. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, like you know. Actually, like, yeah, not really. I, you get yeah. reprimanded for saying Jesus Christ? No, no. Well, probably. But I, I did. I used to lie in confession and then confess that I lied in the last confession. That was, <laughs> that was what I did. That was my that was my favorite move. Um, but but then when nine eleven happened, do you remember this one? Oh, there was hardly any Jewish people killed in the World Trade Center because they all were tipped off that the planes were going to fly in there, and they all uh-huh. stayed home that day. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Fuck. Uh, what? The, the, like, here were the the first theory that I heard that the Jews were behind it was uh, that it was a government because the Zog uh, Zionist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they uh, wanted to spy on people, so they they brought down the towers. They also claim that the or they might be the dancing true. Israelis. Remember the that Jews, one? The, the <laughs> yeah. Jews, that the Jews owned the towers. Uh-huh. So, well, one guy owned it. Insurance one guy. benefit. <laughs> one guy. Well, one guy owned it, and he probably did do something. Well, he actually tried to do something crooked. His name was Larry Silverstein, I think his name was. And he tried to say, because I think he got a billion dollars for each terrorist attack. And so he wanted to say that it was two terrorist attacks and not one. <laughs> right. So he tried to get an extra billion dollars. But, I mean, like, that's, first of all, that's one guy. I don't even know. Maybe he's a good guy for all I know. And and then they have that clip of him uh, saying that he um, was uh, in contact with the fire department and, uh, when he said, ah, we should pull it, when he's talking about Building 7. And they, and so they that's what they did. They pulled it, which means that they brought it down on purpose because it was damaged. And it's just like you, people hang their hats. When it comes to the yeah. question and when it comes to, like, like anti-Semitism, people will hang their hat on the stupidest things. 
and just run one of the it. things uh, that a very very good friend and still one of my best friends, uh, uh, a woman, uh, we got into an argument decades ago, uh, and I think this is uh, somewhat of a general complaint about Jews and the Holocaust is that their people are sick of hearing about it. Uh, that the Jews use it as a some kind of wedge uh, thing to create sympathy, or I, I don't really understand it completely. Now, this was someone who, you know, by all, it was a very close friend of mine and still is to this day. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's just, to me, it, very simply put, uh, the Holocaust, uh, there's many, there's been many Holocausts in the world, not just Jews. The, the, what's particularly interesting about that Holocaust is the industrialization uh, mm -hmm. uh, and the, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just don't. And just Anybody who denies it with all the evidence, uh, do, why would anyone care what else they have to say? I mean, to yeah. me, that's like that dismisses them as a pretty much a human being. In my mind, I get very upset. Agreed. With, no, agreed. You know, but Agreed. anything they say from there on in, I have no interest in whatsoever because, you know, it, it just, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. completely I agree. agree. Yeah, I, completely. I, 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 I like the idea of because um, I'm seeing because, you know, I, I, I put up this, you know, this is something that he apparently said. But I would rather have a person on the show and be like, here's what it says that you said. Are those your thoughts? If so, explain them to me. And but that's your job. Them. But yeah. that's what you do. So yeah. I get it. I get it. I, I don't do that. Uh, and here I am doing it anyways, because <laughs> I felt bad that the guy uh, canceled on you. But, you know, the reality is uh, that's just a personal thing for me. Uh, I get very enraged, very we're, enraged. Hey, we're, jo we're joined by the Oracle herself. Karima Sad is on the show. Karima, how are you? Hi, I was excited to tune in, and now this is even better because he's yeah. not here. <laughs> so, funny. <laughs> so funny, people. Half the people hate me right now. Half the people love me. It just literally flipped from what it was like three hours ago. <laughs> you know, I love. Uh, I was reading your your tweets today about uh, your predictions uh, about yeah. the, the, his uh, his trial, and it reminds me very much of the Trump thing, where you know we do have processes, you know, and even. Yeah. Uh, Gates, Matt Gates got off. You know, we have to like understand that. You know, we can't just say Matt Gates. You know, you may disagree, you may hate the guy, uh, but if they, if the prosecutors, right, don't have what it takes, then Andrew, totally. And, and they made choices about what Sorry. charges to move in on, how to prepare for it, you know, what to put forward for the court. So. You know that that's a process system, and you can't just be throwing contemptible people in jail. Right. Look, well, us, can, can we can hate idea, him, Karima. Give, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Paul. Can you give us an idea, Karima, of, of what? I don't even know what this is for. Is this for the threatening the premier? What, what is this for? Yeah, yeah. So he's facing five charges. Um, some in relation to uttering threats, including to Doug Ford. That's kind of the the big one, um, and then. When he was going to be, I guess, arrested for this, um, there was a bit of an incident. Uh, and it was an unmarked police car. There is debate about whether the officers themselves were identified as officers, whether they had vests, or it was just dudes who like pulled up in front of him, and maybe they pulled guns. He says they did. They say they didn't. But there's discrepancies about that. And so he just kind of sped off and, you know, 
they say almost hit one of the cops. He says, no, I, I drove around. So that's kind of, so it's, it's a two-parter. Um, and we're now at the point of closing submissions. So defense counsel, he laid it out and then laid it out again and like said the same thing a couple of times, but he got his point across and we're back for one more session in court where the crown will be able to finish his say. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it all centers on these threats that he made and then possibly trying to run over a cop uh, in escaping from arrest. Yeah. But he turned himself in afterwards and he says that he just, he thought he was being kidnapped or assassinated. Well, that would be maybe, maybe too much cocaine and he was a little paranoid at the time. Speculation, <laughs> just speculating. You know what's funny is that the, the, the prosecutor might be like tough. To, it might be tough for them to, to, to disagree with the idea that well, a lot of people hate him. So I guess he could have thought he was being kidnapped, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I bet. Could have been his, I mean, da- his dad could have hired the goons that could came to collect him. You know, like, get, get he, he has a right to due process just like any other Canadian citizen does. I hate the guy, but he has a right to due process and a fair trial. And look, I remember when Omar Khadr uh, was was uh, awarded millions of dollars and people went out of their minds about it. And I'm like, hang on a second. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms applies to every Canadian or it applies to none of, them, none of us. Yeah. And his charter rights were violated. So mm-hmm. same thing. Hate, hate the man. Can't stand Chris Guy. I think he's a scourge on humanity. I think he's a terrible Canadian. I think he's done a lot of harm. But he does have a right to due process. And, and fair and legal representation. And if, if he gets, uh, you know, not convicted or, or, or exonerated or, or whatever the case may be, I don't even know the full legal terms there. Karimi, you could help me out on that yeah, one. Acquitted. Acquitted, thank you. But if he gets acquitted at, uh, by a, a juror of his peers, well, that's how the system works. In this I, case, he's actually, he's being tried by judge alone. Um, so oh, there's okay. No, there's no jury. No here, jury. Um, which, you know may have been like the least boring jury case to be a part of. Uh, um, James, also, I have a message from the chat. They want you to turn your mic up. And thank you, chat, for bringing me here. Okay, I've turned it up, and I've turned me up to full. So I don't know what else I can do except... That's it. Like, hello? I was just a messenger. Yeah, you're really really loud. Really loud. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm really loud. No, it's good now. Just right where you are. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, okay. Okay, good. You know what? I think it's... uh, it's Going through the wrong mic. Hold on a second. So talk amongst yourselves for a second. Oh yeah, you going blah, through the computer blah, blah, mic blah, 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 or the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually... a joke. There's something wrong with my phone. Yeah. Um, so the blazer he was wearing today, though, it really did look like it shrunk in the wash, uh, and that was a highlight for me, because he's already kind of small, uh, and the blazer was like extra small on him. <laughs> Do you look like a like a kid in junior in a in a private junior high school kind of thing? Yeah, like it's like you know the dance. Right? Trying this to look can't jacked. be happening at McDonald Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to look super jacked. I is love he? Gordon Corman. Gordon Corman's awesome. When I found out he was like 14 when he wrote that book, I, that's when I decided I wanted to be a writer. Total prodigy, what, yes. Yeah. What what book is that? This can't be happening at McDonald Hall. And he also a, he also wrote uh, How to Eat Fried Worms. Do you remember that one? I've heard of that he had book. The, the whole Bruno and Boots series and then yeah. No Coins, Please. That's one of my favorites. Oh, I, th- I used to read Must be a generational things. thing because I don't know those. <laughs> I've, I've heard of the one book, but that was it. And, and Mordecai Richler uh, was my favorite children's author too when I was young. I met him, by the way, Spenny. You'll like this story. I met um, Mordecai Richler when I was like nine. 
uh, and I was in my grand great grandmother's neighborhood in Old Montreal, and I could see him. Um, I looked inside a door. It was to a pub, and I could see him sitting on a bar stool like 20 feet away from me. And the, I only recognized him because of the back of the Jacob Tutu meets the hooded fang book. <laughs> and I walked up to him. I don't have glasses. It would make this story a lot better. But I walked up to him and I was like, I, I tugged on his cardigan, you know, <laughs> and he looked down and he's like, his glasses are over his nose. And he's like, yes. Right. And I'm like, I just want to know how a person becomes a writer. And he looks me up and down and he says, quote, become a whore to the profession now off you go <laughs> and I walk outside and I go to my mom what's a whore <laughs> where did you get that from Mordecai Richler what was that he wrote Duddy Kravitz which was a great one movie. of my favorite books of all time of yeah. all time I love yeah, that book what's the other one he did it was the thicker book it was Barney's version Barney's version oh, which oh. was a great film by the way yeah great yes I saw the film, film. I can't the, remember. The incomparable it took. I'm going to look it up. You guys okay. talk amongst yourselves. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yes, thank you. It's, it's going on. It's going around a lot. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the Omar Cotter thing. Right I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. The Omar Cotter thing, Karima, you'll like this, I, I think. The one, what I find interesting, like we just heard Paul say, I hate Chris Guy, but he deserves due process. The people that hated Omar Cotter, they didn't care about due process at all. <laughs> like his entire story is literally about no due process. I, I thought, I don't know what to think about him as a person because I don't know him but I don't even care the guy was put there what was he 15 he was he was he was a child I think he was uh 14 or 15 yeah how are you not a, if he if he was picked up in the Congo by the UN he would be considered a child soldier wouldn't he I, I think so yeah yeah, yeah. and the, you know what they the, the argument that they hinged the argument on no uniform that's why he was an enemy combatant because he didn't have a uniform on it's just like St. Urbane's Horseman. St. Urbane's Horseman is, was the uh, book. Oh. I, I, I love that book. Uh, I think St. Urbane's a street. Uh, yeah, it is. That's the street that my great-grandmother's house was on. That, that's one of the main streets in old Montreal. There you go. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, uh, with respects to all this stuff, it's anti-Semitism. It's just racism in general, really, which is, uh, I think, one of the reasons I had such a reaction uh, to Chris being a Holocaust denier. And I'm asking this as a question. It really feels like uh, a lot of the darkest stuff that, you know, progressive people hate, you know, racism and all that stuff seems to be pretty much more normalized now. I don't know if it's social media 
or uh, it maybe normalizes the wrong word, but much more popular, much more, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, out there in, in, in the public uh, with horrible things happening and just people talking like idiots uh, to a point where, you know, it's even infected a political party in the United States, maybe in Canada, I don't know. Does anybody uh, agree with that or, or feel that, that, that? Or is it just this, it's always been this way and we just have more ways to amplify it? I don't know. Karina? That's a good question. I, I tend to agree that it's more prevalent in discourse and there are more people who, for whatever reason, are just comfortable being open about extremely ignorant views. And I think social media probably has something to do with that. But I think, you know, it, it's maybe less civility in discourse, but I don't know that things are necessarily objectively better or worse because at the same time there have been like major strides. And like when my parents came to this country, it was fine to just, you know, use slurs openly and you're fired because of this or you're mm. not hired because of that. And, and so, and now I guess it's just a little bit more, there's at least layers of obscurity there. Um, so overall, my answer is, I don't know. Um, but there's aspects that seem worse and then parts that have improved. I think it's worse because um, the Trump presidency kind of lifted the veil off of a lot of overt racists that we didn't mm -hmm. know about before. But what was different about it is that normally with the conservative, if you had a, a, a conservative bent and you were a racist, you gave a pass to um, Israel because you had issues that coincided with Israeli hard line issues. So, um, no, really like the event, they, there's a whole, there's books written about how the, true. uh, evangelical extremists in the States aligned with, um, um, hardcore conservative Israelis like Netanyahu and people like that, because they had a, an ultimate end game goal that was almost identical, even though quietly the evangelicals were like, well, you're going to have to convert to Catholicism or convert to Christianity or you're fucked in the afterlife. But like. You know, but they still had these common goals. Whereas when Trump was elected, that veil that we lifted off um, revealed that many of these people with conservative bents were also fervent anti-Semites as well as just being typical racists. So I think it may seem um, like it's it's probably worse. And I, I think it's just that we lifted the veil. I, I, I don't know how much worse it is. They're actively being I think recruited. The plague, of, the plague of racism is in Israel. It's everywhere. You know, it's just, it, it's a cancer on yeah. humanity. And it, yeah. it, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter to me if you're uh, don't like blacks or don't like Jews or don't like whoever, like, it's just, it's so sad. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. Karima. Uh, I think people also get emboldened by each other. Right. So as you lift a veil, then someone who may have been harboring, a particular thought is more comfortable expressing that. Um, and then, you know, and this, I guess, is where this, the question of platforming comes in, right? If you talk about ideas, does it expose people to them and then they fall down rabbit holes? I, I'm not really a believer um, in that particular, it, it depends on how you talk about something and how you engage with it. Overall, though, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of sunlight as a disinfectant. Yeah, me too. I, what I try to do is uh, the only people I don't like are assholes. And they come in every color, <laughs> yeah. every gender, 
And uh, that's where I tried it, you know, but, I, you know, I've talked about this, too, that, that there's a certainly a racism uh, that I, I grew up with uh, in as certain aspects of my family that I saw. I think we have to sort of that, that whole thing that, that we all are much more comfortable sort of hanging with our own kind. I mean, that's probably a very deep human thing, you know, so I, I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. effort to, to, it just to realize. Doesn't... It you just know. doesn't make sense to hate entire groups of people unless they drive BMWs or are gingers. Um, but other than that, like, you know. I love gingers. Look, look, I love every color of the rainbow, and I've been fortunate enough to have sampled every color of the rainbow. And let me tell you, a smorgasbord is a great buffet. Which is the greatest. If this is Casual Friday, that would have been an ejection. Just like. The greatest reason for diversity is an ejection or an erection? No injection, <laughs> for sure. Food, what are you saying, I say food is the greatest uh, byproduct, I think, of mm. uh, multiculturalism. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Anthony Bourdain's yeah, name, show name one exemplified that. Dish. Name what? Name one, ginger, name one ginger dish. It's not a race, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's not racist to hate them. Yes. I just think that it's it's interesting because they're white and I'm allowed to hate white people. So it just seems like the fun joke that I go back to. I guess you shouldn't. This this used to be red, eh? This used to be red. Well, it's It's, the ones with the blonde eyelashes. I just don't fucking trust them. I don't know what it is. I just just don't, you know? But they're white, so it's fine. What was it? Remember um, Ari from, uh, uh, what was that show? uh, Adrian Grenier's show? Entourage. Oh, entourage. When yeah. Ari was like mad at his wife because she slept with that uh, that sh- famous chef, and he's and he's like, he's a ginger, a genetic mistake. How could you? <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Just like, can't argue with that. No, okay, we shouldn't be racist. Um, and, and I don't know if I even I, I, I listen. I, I titled this show because it was Blackballed welcomes Chris Guy to the show. Now it's Blackballed welcomes people who hate Chris Guy to the show. I don't I even don't know. No, hate no, is no. a very strong word. Hate's a it strong is word. really strong should. word, and I would love to change it, but it's too late now. Also, I I, I didn't really hate Chris Guy until he canceled. Now I don't like a minute him. before the show. <laughs> See, minute. this is why I wanted to have an in person thing because you can't like suss yeah. out of that, right? Yeah. Every if you don't show up for in person, you're a every loon. single yeah. virtual event that he's done. Either there's tech issues, or he bails, or. You know, it's just, it's a disaster. So well, I think he I just realizes he's going to... To the show, he, so he's watching, maybe. Hmm. You know. So he's, he realizes yeah. he's going to encounter smarter people and, and he can't hold a conversation with them because he can't take it over and, and, and spew his vile garbage that he always does. The, the verbal diarrhea that, that spews force from his uh, gigantic mouth on a constant and daily basis. We've all seen it online. It's not a secret. We know what he does. And, and, and when he comes into a group of people who are going to actually sit here and have a conversation and debate things and he can't take it over like i just did he'll run away there's this incredible ran away from this uh, experience he did a pile of cocaine after the court case and he just wasn't feeling up to doing it honestly <laughs> that's what i think <laughs> that's what i, I think I, if it's, i did a pile of cocaine that's all i'd want to do was uh, a <laughs> can i take a <laughs> masturbation break Sir, Spain, it's your third <laughs> one in 10 minutes, but okay. Yeah, 10 minutes on Coke. Are you kidding? More like yeah. four days. Yeah. Um, sure. Listen. Yeah. Uh, if he was here and, and and you asked him about the, and I was doing the show, it's so weird because I called you to say I didn't want to do the show. And now I'm here and he's not here. But, anyways, yeah. um, 
I, I, and I would have just asked him about the Holocaust. And uh, if he started, uh, you know, quibbling about numbers, uh, good. I, I want to talk to him about it. I, I, I talked to him about the films. I talked to him about, uh, you know, like what. So it, it, so it's not a big deal because six million didn't die. Is that yeah, what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd like to know what he was going to what he would say to that. But. Well, it was only two million. Oh, right. So that's not significant. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's but it two, yeah. Six million, ten million, twenty million. It, it, a, a, a group of people were targeted, and they the tried Jews, to eliminate the Jews them. Control everything, and yeah. I'll tell you, if the Jews control show business, why am I on this show? Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, Touché. it's insane. I uh, can help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? Uh, listen. Um, you know, I tried to do it. Maybe there's a there's probably a lesson in here somewhere, but it's only directed towards Chris Guy. Like I, I'm not going to invite him on anymore. I, there was yeah. another person. I won't say who this person was because I'm not going to. I don't feel like putting anyone on blast. She could be a very lovely person, but she canceled like literally seconds before we were supposed to go on air and did it in a way where she was like, "I'm just not feeling up to it," right? And then, um, I so I said to her the next day, I was like, "You want to do a, like a you want to reschedule." And she actually said, well, to be honest, I was looking at the rankings and, and I, my shows rank so much higher than yours. And I was like, you know, and I, and I was just like, I can't fucking believe you said this. So I just was like, fuck this person. Right. And then three months later, um, my show's like 28th and hers is like 100th or something. And by the way, the rankings don't mean shit to me. They always yeah, flop. Yeah. They go up and down so quickly. It doesn't matter. But then she contacted me and was like, I was wondering if maybe I could go on your show. And I'm like, nah, nah, I don't think, nah, I don't think so. Nah. You know, like I, I know what you're made of now. Cause you said it out loud. That would be <laughs> karma. Right. But I don't believe in karma, but that's kind of, what... I, I wanted to be the bigger person and be like, but you know what? I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to not go like this while on air, you know, you canceled. Right? <laughs> <laughs> And then you want to do the show because the rank, and then you say the rankings are uh, nah, fuck off. Like you know, I, I I would have just blown it like that, but I, I don't know. I just I, I I think it's rude when people do stuff like that, and um, and when Chris Guy does it, it's it's like it doesn't bother me as much as when someone that I think I respect does it. Mm, you know, I was yeah. saying to Ashley today. I don't know Ashley if she's still in the comments, but Ashley, I was like. I just have a feeling that he's going to bail or there's going to be a tech issue seconds before we go on. And sure enough, he bails. That like was my first thought when I saw your tweet this morning. Yeah. Here's an interesting question. Does anyone here think he's watching that? Maybe. Maybe. Know. Who knows? If he's watching, maybe maybe he'll he watch it later. If he's watching and he's got a pair of stones, he's got the link. He can click it and he can come on and, and I'll make sure that... Uh, well, he, I only that say that fairly. because one of the criticisms of the the stuff that Karima covers is that they really want attention. You know, that it's more about attention than any real grievance or tangible grievance. And, uh, but I can't hold that against them because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they I, all I, want I, attention. I, I want attention. attention. Yeah. So, uh, you know? but uh, I don't know, just something to think about. Not that it well, you know, the day after the, the greeting card holiday, we all want a little attention, don't we? Yeah. It means nothing it to me. <laughs> it, it might the one thing about my wife is that was, that that was one thing we agreed upon from the very beginning was our disdain for valentine's day 
Like if you, if you if you have to if you have to like take one day out of the year and make that day and make your partner feel special, then you're probably mm. not in a very good relationship. Like you probably Agreed. you know, like I want I want my significant other to feel special at least two days out of the year, not one. <laughs> right? Like I think the last time I did anything for Valentine's Day, I was fourteen. I'm not yeah. kidding. It's a little uh, kid holiday, isn't it? It really is. I think I was 15 or 16, and I kind of went, this is stupid. And oh, it was I a did. woman who pointed it out to me. Dude, it's just an excuse to sell chocolates, candies, and expensive restaurant meals. It's 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 bullshit. And I'm like, I'll yeah, you're right. From my the- Jewish perspective, you've lost a lot of potential sponsors for this show. Uh, the chocolate <laughs> you got uh, the hey, car. Hey, listen. Nestle, I, I'll, I have it on good authority. Nestle made 90%. Ninety percent of their confectionery sales on Halloween. That's wow. not even. They're not even a. Uh, really. They're not even. Yep. Ninety percent of all confectionery sales made on Halloween. Um, yeah, it's it's not my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite holiday. But I did just get just now like kind of a warm nostalgic feeling. Do you remember having that like Valentine's Day envelope taped to your desk, and you had to like <laughs> yeah, yeah. write these little Count like, them Valentines and- out and give them to people? And you never did that. Spending? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Oh, Back okay. in like grade school, like third, second, third grade sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was, a, I was a privileged kid who went to some, uh, you know, uh, Protestant, uh, not Catholic, Protestant uh, private school. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and uh, they, they were very uh, negative on emotions. So I don't wait, know. Uh, that's what wasps are, though, sir. That's what we do. We, we do that very well, except I'm. I'm I'm a Catholic wasp, go figure. Uh, but I, I went to military, like I, I lived on military bases as a kid, so I went to schools on base. So we did all that stuff because we were all, uh, we were all poor, but we were all in the exact same demographic, right, for the most part, <laughs> because we we're all you know junior ranks kids, or non-commissioned officers, or, or, or less than. So there was no big uh, um, gap between my what my dad earned and what my friend's dad earned. They were all basically level playing fields. So Valentine's we all got Day to does do make the best memes, though. I saw a meme today where it was like. Big shout out to the couples who paid eight hundred dollars a night to go to a hotel and have sex in the same two positions they have at home. It's like, yeah, in in the city oh, they live in. Uh, Karima, you're a wrestling fan. The uh, Greg Valentine. There's always memes Valentine's Day with Greg and his his uh, father, Johnny Valentine. The rest. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, a little before okay. my time, but I'm obviously familiar with him. Hey, so. Spenny, did you do you and Karima have you ever talked wrestling? Because both of you are no, no. That's no, one I, of my fact, I, I of Kenny and Sunny, where you guys do like it's my it is it is mine because I I cut myself, which you know, which I bladed or whatever the the term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was uh, a, a labor I'm going to Montreal love. this weekend. Actually, I'm so stoked. Tomorrow, I'm seeing the Undertaker do a one man show, and then Saturday is the Elimination Chamber. And then, sorry, at Friday is SmackDown, and then Monday is Raw. Do you know RJ City? Do you, are you familiar with that guy? He's AEW. He's the most. I, I when I had a podcast before YouTube canceled me, I uh, had him on. He, you got to look him up. He's he's the strangest bird. He's a professional wrestler, but he kind of has this talk show on AEW. But he's obsessed with old nostalgic Hollywood from like the forties and thirties, like okay. Ethel Merman, and yeah, and he talks, <laughs> he talks to you know some of these wrestlers are you know they're athletes, they're jocks, they're not, and you know he brings up like 
you know, references that, you know, James might know, or I might know, you know, it's just, anyways, forget it. If you don't know him, forget I mentioned it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm here. I didn't mean to. I'm going to look it up now. That's fine. I'm a Jericho. I refuse to belong to any club that would have me as a member. I'm trying to think of a good Undertaker joke for the, the one man show. I've ever heard. What? I'm trying to think of a good Undertaker joke for like a one man show with the Undertaker. Like, you better like I don't know I can't even think. there's so many jokes that that I can't think of right now but like you know he killed yeah he killed or like <laughs> we're all gonna have to sit up for that and doing you know like because that's what he does he sits I up hope it's uh, I hope it's very honest because I'm you know what what I know about the Undertaker what's his real name uh, Mark uh, uh, with a C um, Mark okay whatever so Mark C Mark. Yeah, that, that he was the one that stayed uh, loyal to Vince when yes, everybody the whole split. Time. Yeah, and boy, did he ever, you know, uh, was rewarded for his loyalty. I think, you know, anyways. Huh. Well, know isn't, isn't he like almost seven feet tall, if memory serves? He's like a really big well, dude, isn't he? I don't think he's seven feet, but he's... Probably six, eight, six, nine. He might be like billed at. I think Andre the Giant. Andre I never the Giant liked was the like gimmick. Seven, one. I, I, I never liked the gimmick. I, I don't like those those overly crazy gimmicks. But you can't argue with success. I mean, it, mm. it's huge. I never liked Hulk Hogan. I could go tell you who I liked and who I didn't like. I don't know if this is the time or place for yeah, it. But dude, dude, it's a Chris Guy show. Of course, we should talk about who we like as wrestlers and not talk right. about Chris. Chris Guy, Guy would be good. Enzo Amore, hundred percent. I actually tried to get a cameo of Enzo Amore. Amore. Or he'd be uh, like ravishing Rick Rude's bastard. <laughs> so a buddy of mine who was a professional wrestler, uh, he, he wrestled in the WCW. So he'd go down to Florida for four months, two or three months, sometimes four months, and, and work every three or four days. He'd do like jobs, little jobs, and he'd earn enough money to just live like a king for the rest of the year. He became friends because he got on the circuit and he, he was good buddies with uh, Jake the Snake, Brutus the Barber, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like, he knew all those guys. Okay, so here's my ultimate favorites. Uh, I've got a heel and my favorite baby Mankind. face. My Do you care what order? Nope. Okay, my no. favorite uh, baby face of all time was the great Bobo Brazil. Wow. <laughs> Look how old school that Louis, is. St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. My uh, absolute favorite wrestler of all time uh, was the original Sheik, Eddie Fairhat. Oh, Love my him. God. He's not even a Sheik. No, he was American. There was a camel in his trunk. What are you talking about? Yeah, he had blonde hair yeah. and blue eyes. I did a girl with a camel in her trunk. But that's he's supposed to be from Syria. He was actually Lebanese. Uh, his parents oh. came over. And he was a promoter. But anyways... I digress. I, I went to high school with a wrestler, Andrew Martin, who was uh, better known as Test. Do you remember Test? Oh, that's Sounds a tragic familiar. end, he, though. Yeah, he um, he died probably about 10 years ago now, I think. Um, he died of an accidental or a painkiller overdose. And, and, and it made me research a little bit more into, like, we okay, we get it. It's fake. But Jesus Christ, these athletes go through so much like pain and heartache and they work them to the to like i don't even know yeah i'm surprised that mcmahon maybe he has and we just don't know because of non-disclosure agreements but i'm so surprised that that these leagues haven't been um sued over and over again by athletes who have been just like put through the ringer i i mean i guess they might sign a good waiver or whatever that protects the the the, the company but like the the amount of of um oxycontin abuse and mm -hmm. things like that. Who was that wrestler? Sorry, I forget his name. I, I'm bad at this. Um, that like killed his wife and kids. 
Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Yeah, they're, like they're now a lot more stringent about like the the testing, and if it's like a three strike rule. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, so they're they're a lot more diligent about that. And one thing that I learned is, I think they have as part of their like independent contracts, like they have basically unlimited access to rehab. Um, so that's like one semi okay thing that Vince has done. Um, just on the subject of the Iron Sheik, though, the the current one and his twitter account is amazing oh oh it's so good yeah yeah, yeah one, one of the top I know, so I know the guys that run it the twins do you know the megan boys wait he doesn't do it himself yeah he they, he 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 probably couldn't do it himself but they take what he says and they, they right yeah, yeah it's yeah. fake it's not fake no no wrestling's they, fake uh iron sheik uh, he's he's so fake they made the a documentary about him these are some friends of mine uh and That's wrestling so cool. fanatics and promoters yeah well he was on kenny versus ben well you would know that if you saw that episode um yeah uh great stuff uh wrestling to me it was my uh, first into what is entertainment i didn't know it at the time i was too young it was the kayfabe before they went public with uh what it is and I, I love it. I respect wrestlers. I, I think it's fun. Uh, I, I can't believe people say, how can you watch that? It's fake. Like, you mean like movies and television shows? Yeah. It's choreographed. It's live it's, theater. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when they go, it's fake. There's nothing fake about a 300-pound man jumping off a top rope, landing on it. It's choreographed. Okay. It's organized. But what he just did happened. I got to tell you, though, the one thing that I don't really understand about wrestling is that the pile drivers look real. Off the top rope with the elbow fucking looks awesome. These motherfuckers can't kick or punch fake like to save their <laughs> lives. Like, like what the fuck? Uh, I, I disagree. If you watch uh, Jerry Lawler, he probably takes took the best punch of anybody in terms of making it look real. But for me, it's not. That's the athleticism part of wrestling, which is my least favorite part of wrestling. It's the and it's so it's not the same anymore as when I loved it. But I, I love the showbiz. The the comedy, the the outrageous characters. I mean, that's mm. like it's become for me personally, and but I still love it. Way too uh, athletic and and, and uh, the mankind documentary was Mick Foley. On, yeah, yeah. Oh, Nick Foley, like dude, that guy, like the injuries. Did you see the men they showed him as a graph and all the injuries that he's had? And you're just he's like, fucked. he's he's super nice. I've hung out with him. He's the nicest, smartest guy you'd ever want to meet. Uh, yeah, no, they, you know, I think he was addicted to pain personally. You know, mm, yeah. What he did. Uh, well, I think there's an addiction to that kind of crazy, uh, you know. But, but it doesn't anyway. make sense if you're not naked. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was an admission. <laughs> you got to remember something about wrestling. Greco and, and this, wrestling, that Greco. That's Greco. The theatrics of wrestling, you know where James Brown, when he dropped to his knees and they'd bring out and they'd put the cape on him? You know where he got that from? No, wrestling. wrestling. Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George, yeah. Really? And if you remember Bugs Bunny cartoons, when Bugs Bunny was in the wrestling ring and, and they had, I forget the name of the character, but he had blonde hair and the cape, that was based on Gorgeous George, who was a real he was wrestler. Original, he was the first, uh, they called him Fancy Boy, uh, you know, yep. the, the gay the gay gimmick. Um, adorable Adrian Street was amazing. He did a lot of good things with that gimmick. Uh, they gave it, Vince gave it to... Uh, Adonis? Adonis, because he didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> so he made him be adorable Adrian, which was so funny. Uh, 
But that's what I like. I, 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 I've said it to wrestlers. I've, I've hung out with wrestlers, uh, Jake the Snake, a bunch of them. And, and I tell them, I go, I, I think it's one of the worst art forms in the world. And I love it because of that. For no other reason. It's so dumb and so fun. I, I, I absolutely adore it. But I got to go. Yeah. I really do. I'm sorry. That's uh, great to see you, brother. Thank All you right. for doing this, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bud. Take care, brother. I actually wow. have to go, too. Um, but yeah, thank you for... Up. Thank you for bringing me in. And thank you, chat, for making this happen. Uh, yes. Thank you, chat. Good to see you, Karima. Okay. We'll I will you, update you all about The Undertaker and my various events. Take care. Good. Bye, see love. you. Bye. All right, Mr. Paul. That, <laughs> wow, oh, tomorrow. That was... I want to talk about tomorrow because now that you're here, um, I have Billy Vera. An artist I'm... I, I'm looking forward to this show, bro, because that guy, what a voice. What a career. And I gotta, and, and, I gotta do this deep dive with him because like I, I'm gonna think talk about this tomorrow. The first time I ever heard the song at this moment, I was in I was ten years old mm-hmm. and I was getting over it seems like all my stories start like this, but I, I I was a romantic at a very young age. Like I was crying over girls when I was five. Okay, you know. And it wasn't healthy. Trust me. It's still with me. Some of the bad habits that I picked up, but like, yep. but the idea of, um, of remembering when Jeanette Bradley, if she's watching, hi, <laughs> but I think I broke up with her and regretted it. I think that's, I think that was the scenario anyways. So it was a Thursday, you know, what do I do on Thursdays when I'm 10 years old? Watch the Cosby show because was on Family I know, Ties. I, I didn't know he was the world's most prolific rapist until many years. It was later. Family Ties, though. It was on Family Ties. It was no, but listen, Bill Cosby at eight o'clock, Family Ties at eight thirty. Okay, so okay, that's what I thought for the night. And then Family Ties comes on, and he's worked sorting shit out with his girlfriend, APK Alex P. Keaton. And all of a sudden, this song comes on, and I'm just like, I don't even know if I was paying attention, but all I remember is this: What did you say? And I was like. And then they started saying, and then he kissed her, and then she like took off. They were dancing or something, and I was like, mm, Jeanette Bradley, ah. like I was just so upset. This song, I don't know, like there's songs that like are formulated and constructed in a way that is literally designed to make you sad, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that song is certainly one of them. And and I can't believe I don't even, you know how I land them as a guest? I messaged him on Facebook really asked him if he wanted to be a guest and within seconds he was like yeah no problem was like nice four time grammy nominee and a one-time grammy award winner and you're saying yes to this guy you don't even know like i couldn't tell if that was just like an example of how nice he is or how you know like it's like i got nothing better to do (laughs) you know what i mean but i doubt it's the second one you know like i just i don't know i'm just i'm pretty pretty happy with myself i don't know how much i'm going to be able to like i i'll figure it out I'll, i haven't done the deep dive yet i'll do the deep yeah, dive yeah, i'll yeah, figure yeah. it out but i mean like it's going to be weird talking to somebody who's who who one day sat down had an idea for a song wrote the lyrics figured out the piano i guess with a friend or whoever and then sang it causing a boy to cry in 1986 who then 37 years later interviews him interviews the guy that made him cry as a 10 year old like it, i don't know my life is weird sometimes and i just i look at it like that like you know he's the author of my sadness when i was 10 you know 
that's kind of trippy and full circle in a weird way, right? Like, uh, yeah, because I'm going through a septum right now. I'm always sad, and here he is. You know, he. I hope he drops another single, and I just off myself on the show. That would be good don't, content. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> It'd still be good content. Well, the network on the map, baby. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I heard the song, I was watching Family Ties like you were, and I was like, it it, it was the literally the when that first note, what did, and it's like the needle across the record when you walk into, you know, that scene in a, in a movie, you walk in, the needle across the record, everybody turns and looks, and that's what it was. We all sort of went, what the hell? Yeah. And that we were enraptured by that song, and it became a massive hit, like right away. Twice. It became a hit twice. True. And, because, and the, because of the family ties thing. Yeah. And the weird thing was the family ties thing really propelled it into the stratosphere, but they were able to get a hold of it because uh, as it turned out that the music director had no budget to work with at the time hmm. and, and licensing then wasn't what it was now. So he was able to license the song for next to nothing, comparatively speaking. I mean, it might've been more money than I've earned in the last two years. Right. Yeah. But at the time it was not, a considerable amount of money for a program that was like number two or three in the ratings when you would have 40 or 50 million people watch it. And you got to remember now, if you get one or two million people watching a show, those are blockbusters. And yeah. and they'll produce a show like, um, what what was the, uh, the Game of Thrones? How, I don't know what they spent per episode and they would get two or three million people maximum, which was a huge audience by today's standards. You got to you got to question how much money were they making back then on that show? Oh, dude, right? like when the music industry um, put out CDs, they were just killing it. Oh yeah, CDs CDs were nothing. So I, I want to do my uh, before we go. Um, I want to do the uh, I th play the promo for tomorrow's show because I don't even care if I get dinged because I usually put a hip hop beat behind it, but today I this time I did something a little bit different. Cool. the karaoke version. I love it. Yeah, so that's tomorrow night. Awesome. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be fun. Big thanks to Chris Skye for not showing up tonight because <laughs> if he didn't show up, I wouldn't have had this great conversation with all my actual friends. Um, Good times. Or some of my actual friends. And uh, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank Spenny, you. for joining us as well. I am going to now go into my folder to get my intro thing, which I just removed for that other thing that I put up. And, um, and yeah, Paul, um, we'll see you on Casual Friday, maybe? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll be by. Take care. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. And thank you, everyone in chat, for joining. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know what this means, but you guys in the chats can just figure all that shit out for yourself. And <laughs> we'll see you next time on Black Ball. Black Ball. Black, black, black Ball.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.